when you look up blogs for Tofino, part of their like things to do is storm watching. So I'm I'm asking the locals. I'm like, so how do I do it? Like, what what? I'm I'm you you, you guys know me. I'm jazzed up about it. I'm like, I want to experience your thing. So how do I do? How do I partake in the storm watching? Yeah. I'm like, just go to the beach, man. Yeah. Sit down, watch it. I'm like, what am I watching for? And they're like, just like just watch the weather. Just, you you just watch. And I still, to this day, he that had a trip very was hard like time. two years, almost two years yeah. ago. I still don't get it, guys. Yeah, I, he didn't. He didn't get it. I loved it. What, what, we didn't even it do it. It was just really relaxing, and yeah, we watched it. You're, they're like, just listen to the waves, yeah. hit the rocks. I'm like, I think everybody's stoned out here. First of all, <laughs> you guys smoke way too much weed, man. <laughs> Welcome to the Romcom Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here, you made it to us, you found us, you love romantic comedies, we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom coms, maybe big. So this is a show where we rewatch rom coms, maybe break them down. <laughs> Why can't you say this? I don't know. So this is a show where we rewatch rom coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide does it still hold up? Today we have Twilight. Twilight. And wherever you're listening, throw us a follow, subscribe. If you ever, ever want to reach out about anything on the pod, all happens on our Instagram account, at Romcom Rewind. Throw us a DM. We respond to 100% of them. Twilight is a 2008 romantic fantasy directed by Catherine Hardwick. It is, I mean, it's not exactly a rom-com, but we're releasing this on November 1st. You just had Halloween, presumably... We're in that vampire spirit a little bit. Ooh, spoilers. Spoilers for <laughs> Twilight. How dare I? It's based off the uh, 2005 Stephanie Meyer novel. It's the story of Bella Swan, played by Kristen Stewart. Bella leaves her home of Phoenix, Arizona with her mom. Uh, she leaves there for a small town called Forks in Washington State. In Forks, Bella lives with her father, the police chief, Charlie Swan. She meets Jacob Black, played by Taylor Lautner. Hoo-hoo. Uh, his family are <laughs> close friends with uh, Charlie. As Bella goes to school, we meet a number of her classmates, including Jessica, played by Anna Kendrick, notably. Uh, we also meet the Cullens, though. They are a group of kids adopted by Carlisle Cullen, the town physician. Carlisle is played by uh, Peter Fascinelli. Esme Cullen is the matriarch of the family, played by Elizabeth Reeser. And their adopted children are Alice, played by Ashley Green. Jasper, played by Jackson Rathbone. Uh, Rosalie, played by Nikki Reed. Emmett, played by Kellen Lutz. And finally, Edward Cullen, played by Robert Pattinson. It is in Edward that Bella discovers something strange and unusual about the Cullens, about the town of Forks, and it's also where Bella possibly finds love. That's your lead-in for Twilight. What are your thoughts? You're impossibly fast and strong. You gotta give me some answers. I'd rather hear your theories. I have considered radioactive spiders and kryptonite. It's all superhero stuff, right? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? You know what you are. Your skin is pale white and ice cold. You don't go out into the sunlight. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. This movie, okay, I was obsessed with the books when they came out. I read them in high school. I was like totally in love with them. Um, then the movies came out and I watched them. I loved them. Rewatching, <laughs> there is a lot of like teen angst in this. Certainly. And like there's like this blue filter that it is filmed with. Yeah. And I think they're trying to play on the whole like, it's so like dreary and like Washington state, which I don't believe, but like it's raining all the time and it's like, oh, so like borderline depressing. And it's just like, there's this blue film over the filming of this movie and you can see it. And I'm like, where are the bright colors? There are none. It there is, are none. It's cloudy all the time. It is. You're right. I mean, Oh five was when the first novel came out. Think about like what was happening in pop culture, it was Fallout Boy. It was My Chemical Romance. Yeah. <laughs> it was Rage Arise Against. It was AFI. It was all that, that. That was the vibe. It was that like that angsty period 
and then this film comes out in 08. Yeah, th- this one's a tough thing to call. It is, it is. It it reminds me a lot of the Star Wars prequels in that the source material is so beloved by many. And those films are very beholden. Uh, depending on when you watch them, they might yeah. even be a little bit foundational, perhaps. Sarah, do you still love watching fantasy romance stuff, particularly vampires? And I know the answer is yes. I'm just yeah. leading you into the answer. Yes, yes. Yes. This one, though, it was so different watching it now, I think, than when it first came out. Because the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is significantly higher than the critic score. Oh, I'm sure. And it's... Kristen Stewart is not my favorite actress and it continues in this movie, (laughs) but I find like there's just so many moments where there's no words spoken, but it's all about like the facial expressions and it's just like the angst in the facial expressions and like the looks, the longing stares. But, but here's the thing, like, yeah, Kristen Stewart got a little bit of flack for her performance in this. Uh, Edward Cullen gets poked fun at a little bit. But Mm -hmm. with that said, you look at everybody, basically everybody who is either a vampire or Kristen Stewart. Yeah. Obviously got very strange acting notes because all (laughs) of them, all of the vampires, Alice at times, I'm like, wow, she's so, gosh, they're all kind of like this. Um, But yeah, like you're right. Honestly, there were moments like I wanted to preface everything I'm going to say next with what I said before and not like this was a foundational film. It was monumental in some ways. Um, there were times I laughed out loud, ironically. Yeah. At what, uh, like, like <laughs> oh, just God. certain scenes, I'm like, there's no way. And they're very <laughs> serious. And I'm like, he's smelling her right now. Oh, he's God, smelling yeah. her yeah. and getting... And he can't, and getting nauseous. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, with that said, make no mistake, this, like, this defined a fantasy romance genre to mm-hmm. the point that it's it still, it's probably still affecting what, what we're getting in that genre yeah. as well. The novels, the YA genre is still impacted by these novels, I think. Yeah. And I think the, the source material to the movie was done quite well. Um, and, and I think that's a feat in itself because I think a lot of times when they take, and we talked about this, The Fault in Our Stars, right? Like when you take a novel and make it into a movie or a TV show, you hope that it's similar to the book or that it the source material is showcased in an evident in the movie or TV show that's that happens. And I think you do get this. I personally, I did forget that Jacob isn't really in, in it. He just kind of like appears a few times, but it's not the wolf piece yet like I, I totally forgot that and that before we dive in I also just want to wrap this in a bow in terms of like yeah we're gonna poke fun at a few things but like this was so monumental of a piece of pop culture Sarah question don't tell me which one I just okay. want to yes oh, no be, yeah, yeah. because we're gonna get to the which one in a bit Ugh. did you at least have either Edward Cullen or Jacob on a, a, a poster on your wall as a kid. I didn't have a poster, but I definitely was like, oh, I totally want a t-shirt. Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah. you were a t-shirt kind yeah, of girl. They were, yeah, they they had, had t-shirts made and things like that. I flip-flopped, though, too, throughout oh, the books. Hey, really? Yeah, <laughs> and then you like get to a point where you're like, no, I have a clear, defined way that I want to go. Because that was also a big thing, Team Jacob, Team it was Edward. Huge. It was It was massive. And I, I also want to preface everything that comes next on the pod and that it's like, uh, I'm a guy. Uh, I have no attraction to Edward Cullen, which makes a, a few of those scenes more comical for me as yeah. opposed to sexually charged, I guess, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but m- make no mistake, this this was a genre-defining film yeah. for when it came out. And, and I think, too, they did such a fantastic job at marketing it because oh. the team, Jacob, team uh, Edward piece was everywhere. Oh. It was everywhere. It blew up. You wanted a T-shirt. You wanted a poster. You wanted to, to at least voice your opinion on who you thought you should be totally or, or what side you should be on. And I think that was really well done and they milked that. <laughs> they, they, they did really it. did the branding. Fantastic marketing. Yeah. Let's dive in. So as you mentioned, Bella is our main character and she's moving from Phoenix where her mom lives and she lives with her mom to Washington state, specifically the city of Forks with a population of 3000 people or just over. Um, She's going to be moving in with her dad, who's chief of police and his name is Charlie. She moves in with her dad and we meet Billy and his son, Jacob. And Bella is pumped because um, she might know somebody at school. And then we remember that 
Jacob doesn't go to the school in the city. He goes to the school on the reservation. Um, so she won't know necessarily anybody at school, but they do bring her a new truck. And that's what her dad got her. Question. It's an old beat up. Like, it's basically an antique pickup truck. Right. Um, what do you think? In first vehicle? Are you like, yeah, it's freedom. Or are you like, holy shit? Oh. Why did you get me this? Um, It's amazing. So cool. I have a car. That's okay. great. All right. All right. Just making sure. Cause, yeah. Because Bella is psyched and I'm looking at that. I'm like. Ah, okay. All right. Sure. Oh, I feel like that's a consolation prize for having to move to Forks. No, certainly. Right? Like that. Give me a a truck where I can leave and go. And I think part of it is too, like part of it too, is that Charlie works a lot as chief of police. So he's not going to be home to drive her everywhere or he's going to be using his own vehicle. So he needed to get her one. Totally. First day of school is fine. She meets a bunch of people, including um, this guy named Mike, Eric and Jessica played by Anna Kendrick. They become fast friends, and at lunch, Bella is sitting with the kids that she's met, and the Cullens walk by. Bella is very intrigued with who they are. Jessica tells her that um, they're foster kids of Dr. and Mrs. Cullen. They moved here a few years ago from Alaska, and they're all couples. And she said that's the weirdest part, is that they're all coupled up. And finally, Edward comes in by himself. That's Edward Cullen. He's totally gorgeous, obviously. But apparently nobody here is good enough for him. (laughs) Like I care, you know. And Bella is literally love at first sight. Okay, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there is like this um, fetishized subculture of like step bro, step sis right now. Wait, what? Like that, that's a thing. Like people are like, oh, like, hey, step bro, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering, did that start with Twilight? Was oh Twilight the first God, one where the it's like, hey. catalyst for it? Hey. Weird. That, no. That might be uh, an intimate partner, you know, like. <laughs> oh my God. I, I didn't even think thought of that. about it because no. Anna Kendrick's character is like. I'm not even sure that's legal. Jess, they're not actually related. Yeah, but they live together. It's weird. And. Well, technically, it's not illegal at all. They're They're all just adopted. They're all just adopted, but uh, strange, perhaps? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, I mean. Well, once we hear the backstory of like these people have been alive for, spoiler alert, hundreds of years, perhaps. Yeah. um, Not as weird, I guess, but. No. But if you're not somebody who knows that they've lived a hundred years, then yeah, it's a little weird. Can we do the tale of the tape right now? Sure. Jacob. Okay. Edward Cullen. We have met both of them. Just based on movie number one, who you picking? Jacob, here's the tale of the tape. He appears to be a little bit shorter than Edward. Oh, my God. Um, he's got very long hair. Yep. He shows up out of nowhere oftentimes. Like, there yes, will literally yes, just be there. scenes where, like, she's on a bench by the woods and he, like, comes walking out of the woods, yeah. which I, I we learn, I think, how that occurs later right. on. But Foreshadowing. Uh, for the first movie, it's like, where were you just, like, in the bushes? I don't know. Lurking. Edward. Tall, chiseled jawline, creepy stare, always. Like, Jacob is a guy who I'd like, yeah, like, let's let's hang out, let's watch a football game. Edward is like, are you a bug? I don't like he just has very alien uh, reactions to things. I guess he stares a lot uncomfortably. Great fashion. I was just about to say you've really sold it, um, Devin. <laughs> and um, I'm going to have to say first book, though, based on the first book, Edward. But I think I think my thoughts change in the second movie. I can't wow. remember. Where did you land at the end of it all? Edward or Edward. Jake? Edward, okay. Yeah. Was Edward. The whole imprinting thing just was too much for me. Oh, I'm yeah. so excited for movie number five when, <laughs> when we find out about whatever the imprinting yeah, is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that like how a cat imprints on its litter? Like, what are we... No, it's like, it's like um, wolves. It's a thing where... Oh, they but imprint. it's an animal imprint. Yeah, yeah, it's an imprint on like a, a human. Oh. And that's their like soulmate basically and jacob spoiler alert for everyone you can't tell us okay well then i won't we gotta we gotta watch are we gonna do the fifth movie maybe maybe in some time we'll we'll give it give it some time all right maybe every halloween we'll do one more twilight oh my goodness so five years (laughs) (laughs) five years you'll know what imprinting means yeah well, I mean, the the movies are like over a decade old at this point. You probably know, but I don't. So <laughs> yeah. we're going to find out together. 
Later that day, she gets to science class and Edward acts all weird when Bella stands in front of the fan. Hold on. This is my best scene. Okay. Already. Well, I'll let you take it away. This is amazing. Yeah. I mean, obviously we gather later that there's something about uh, Bella's scent that just uh, would Makes almost- him go crazy. Yeah. Put him into a frenzy. And it's remarkable. The oh filming God. of it, she walks in front of this fan, the- scent hits Edward. He like reels back. Yeah. As if it was disgusting, but we know that he's just attracted to the smell afterwards. Yeah, but which is put, so weird. Yeah. Like, like, oh my God. This scene killed me. And then once she sits down beside him, he's staring at her like he's going <laughs> to cut her head off. The whole class. I may have rewound the this entire and watched class. It. Yeah. And like, I, I, I'm just like, would the teacher, if I'm a teacher and I'm like, oh, Bella's with Edward and he has been staring at her the whole time. Maybe I want to address that. Maybe. No, it just goes on the whole class. He's just. Well, and then he runs away. And th- th- Right. As soon as the class is over, he runs away. He tries to switch classes. But I just thought, wow, wild scene. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, was the acting good or was the acting bad in it? I don't know. I think it's, like I said, I think it's the acting notes they got. Like, okay, Robert, just stare at her. Like, really? Yeah, but first, act like you her. smelt dog shit, you know? <laughs> We're going to fill your nostrils with dog shit and then you're going to go right into the scene and you're going to make a face. Yeah, make a face. Oh. Bella's going to sit down beside you. Oh, oh, oh gosh. Oh, I my God, yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's wrong? Like, what do you, oh. Anyway, next few days at school, Edward doesn't come. And um, Cullens are giving her, like, staring her daggers, we think. Yeah. And then one of the nights over the next few days, a man at at a mill down in a different um, neighboring town gets killed by an animal, they assume. Foreshadowing. So the following day at school, after the man gets killed, um, Edward is finally there. And he's completely changed. He's really nice. He even talks to her. Their conversations, though, are very awkward. Because now she's like, I don't understand why you're super nice to me. Your eye color has changed. Like, you're just a happy-go-lucky person now. Like, you want to be my friend. I thought you hated me. And you, I smelled like dog poo before. Like, you know, what is happening? So the following day... This is two days, the second day Edward's back at school. She almost, Bella almost gets hit by a van, but Edward saves her in the nick of time and leaves a huge dent in the van. Bella goes to the ER and we finally meet Dr. Carlisle Cullen. And um, afterwards, Bella talks to Edward at the hospital and he tells her that he (laughs) was right there beside her. And this is hilarious because- This is the ultimate gas. This is the original gaslighter because- I just thought it was so funny. It's funny watching these movies back in 2023 because Bella will say like, what you, you stopped the truck and Edward would be like, what I was, what do you mean? I was right She's beside like, you. You punched it. And he's like, no, I didn't. She's like, I, I saw you. And he's like, nobody <laughs> oh will believe God. you. I'm like, what, what is this conversation? What even is this? Yeah. Oh my God. It was so funny. I, I couldn't. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're, like, trying to d- tell her to think of something else. Like, yeah. no, that wasn't me. I was right beside you. I didn't run anywhere. <laughs> the funniest thing he says, and I actually Googled it because he's like, it's called an adrenaline rush. Google yeah. it. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> so then I'm like, what, what, what comes up if you actually Google an adrenaline rush? Oh, my God, you did it. Yeah, like it is a real thing. We've heard those stories, right, of like a mom lifting a friggin car to save her kid. Or Absolutely. Whatever. Far and few between, but it it does occur, which makes Edward Cullen's defense even more comical, I guess. He's like, adrenaline rush, Google it, Bella. <laughs> like, oh my God, use a computer. God. And he also, I love these first couple conversations because like she'll be chatting with somebody about like, oh yeah, maybe moving to Jacksonville. 30 seconds later, Edward shows up out of nowhere. He's like, what's in Jacksonville? It's like... It, she's like, how do you? How did you hear me? Like, what? How do you know about that? It is, and it is all by design, and it is meant to build this character of, like, he always knows what's happening. He knows what people are thinking. He knows what people are saying from large distances away. It is also a little funny. Like, let's, let's be real. It is a little, like... What's in Jacksonville, Bella? And you're like, oh my God. Where, where did you come again? from? Whoa. <laughs> you showed up in the greenhouse. What? <laughs> so later that night, um, 
when she's sleeping at home. Oh, God. I can't with this scene. This was wild. She wakes up and Edward is in her room staring at her. And, of course, Bella doesn't assume that he's literally in her room, which he is. That would be crazy, She right? thinks that she's dreaming of him. That was the first night I dreamt of Edward. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You weren't dreaming, girl. He was there. He was there. He sneaks in your room every night we find out for months he was doing that yeah and he says that she's like how long have you been doing that he's like only a month or two like oh what that's a, a long months. time the last few months i just well because he doesn't we find out that he, he doesn't, doesn't sleep. sleep so what is he doing all night he's thinking about bella he's going over to her house he's watching her a little bit while she sleeps it's not creepy that's meant to be like, um beautiful yeah what a chief of police eh? <laughs> not even knowing somebody broke into your house how, how is he gonna stop him <laughs> well i know <laughs> like, but he's too fast <laughs> <laughs> it's true though let's get some window locks chief of police guy yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the next day at school they go on a field trip and they're um just about to go but mike bella's one of bella's friends that she does meet asks her to go to prom with him and this is where the jacksonville thing comes up she says oh no sorry i'm gonna be away for the weekend i'm gonna be in jacksonville and so this is where that awkward encounter of what's in jacksonville happens her friends later on after the field trip ask her ask bella to go to the beach with them so that they can go surfing of course bella is we find out it's a lot more in the book i think but uh in the movie she's very uncoordinated she's very clumsy and so she's like i'll come to the beach but i'm not gonna go surfing so she agrees to go, asks Edward, but Edward says, I don't go to the beach. That's like not, we, we don't go near the reservation. We don't go on their land, that kind of thing. So the next day he tells her that he wants to be friends, but shouldn't be. So it's very back and forth. Like he's very like oh, ebb and flow where yeah. like, I want to be close to you. I want to be your bestie, but like, oh, like I shouldn't be close to you nor your bestie. I'm dangerous, Bella. You can't be with me, but I want you to be with me. It's it, yeah, it's. Yes, and we do see Jacob at the beach when they're there um, surfing. And we do get a little bit more foreshadowing about, spoiler alert, guys, vampires, that the Cullens might be vampire. Or he doesn't outright say that, but he kind of hints that they're not all that they seem to be. Yes. Did they just move here or did they just move back? Yes, yes. That's kind of what he says. And that Jacob's family is descendants of wolves and the Cullens are descendants of an enemy clan. That's kind of how he describes it. And says that it's it's lore. And so that has piqued Bella's interest that she kind of wants to read up on this to find out exactly what Edward is. There is another uh, murder in the city. This time it's Waylon, who is Charlie's friend from the diner. And we meet James, Laurent, and Victoria. They are three evil vampires who have been lurking around the towns, killing people. Back at school, Jessica tells Bella that Edward isn't at school because whenever it's nice out, Dr. and Mrs. Cullen take their kids hiking and camping. <laughs> We find out why this is the case in a little bit. Well, it's still the vampire foreshadowing. They, Absolutely. They really went heavy on the vampire yes, foreshadowing. Yes. So instead, Bella goes to um, a city close to theirs to go prom dress shopping with Jessica and another friend, Angela. But really, she wants to go to the bookstore that's there to get a book on legends. And so while walking back, there's some frat boys that we see. Um following her in the dark and they try to corner her but edward pulls up in a car in a volvo, in a volvo. which i found to be yep. the, the most hilarious like it's not an extravagant vehicle in fact it's very economical <laughs> it's it's like nice economical it's Correct. like you didn't just want to get like a honda you're like i'm, I'm gonna go a level up but yeah. i'm still gonna be family friendly it's gonna be like a luxury family friendly vehicle yeah, yeah. <laughs> great on gas <laughs> no <Volvo>? spice <laughs> yeah, that thing fixing a volvo oh gosh never breaks down like, yeah oh. <laughs> he like whips that volvo and like scares all the frat boys away and I can I can hear what they're saying. And Bella's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? He could hear what they're thinking. Hear what they're thinking. Yeah. And so she drives off with him. He saves the day and they meet at the restaurant before going back to Forks. And he tells her that he feels very protective of her and that he can read minds. Everyone's but hers and tells her that he doesn't have the strength to stay away from her anymore. Oh. This is where we get the vampire reveal. No, 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 no. It's it's no, in a few scenes. It's though. very, very soon. Yeah. Yes. So on the way home, they see a big police presence at the police department, and Bella's dad is still there, and Doctor Cullen's car is there too. So they pull out, they pull in, and they find out that there has been another murder. Wayland um, has 
has been murdered again by an animal. And we all, of course, know that it's not just by an animal. I do find the small towniness of this a little funny because, like, at that point, you've got two murders. Wouldn't you be like, hey, we need a detective from Seattle to come in or we need a specialist? They're like, well, let's just get the local physician, Carl out to take a look at the body <laughs> and see. He, he knows things, right? Like, are you kidding? Is the, I know it's a small maybe town, he, but maybe this is he very volu- small town. Maybe he volunteered his knowledge oh, from Alaska. I'm sure that's exactly what happened. I'm saying, like, get a freaking specialist in here. <laughs> like, the oh, we know a doctor. Like, that's nice you know a doctor. I think somebody actually talented, like, who's specialized in this field. Well, I think should- it was probably like, okay, what kind of animal? Because he's a doctor and they live in Seattle. Like they live in Washington state. So I feel like there's lots of animal. Uh, Yeah, you're right. At this point, they don't know that it's a murder yet, but still I was a little like, just get somebody, get, get, get somebody in here. I don't know. (laughs) Okay. So Bella's at home and she starts doing research from the book that she picked up uh, in that other town while prom dress shopping (laughs) and realizes she has figured out that Edward is a cold one or a vampire. I know what you are. Say it out loud. Say it. Vampire. But she's not afraid. And is this where we get the, you need to see what I look like in the sunlight. Yes. So and then he brings her up the, up the hill, they, up the mountain. They quickly um, escalate up the mountain. And that's like the best way I can describe it because it's not running. <laughs> we, we get some, uh, like, 05 wasn't that long ago, but I guess it was long enough that like, the visual effects. Well, this was 08. Specifically. That's right. It was 08, which is not that long ago. Um, the visual effects with Edward Cullen are pretty remarkable um, in that sometimes I'm like, did they just put a blur effect? On? Like, I think you could have done this on Windows Media. Just like put a little blur thing on that and it should be fine. Yes. For the amount of money that this movie made. Well, were the subsequent movies a little bit better produced? I don't remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to find out. Yeah, Absolutely. So they're running up the mountain and the funniest, it's like literally the funniest thing I've ever seen. He also sparkles like a diamond in the sun. Which is Shine so like a diamond. Like you literally took the biggest and, and this, this is more for the novel by Stephanie Myers, but like you took the big thing that can defeat a ba- vampire and you're like, no, it's not going to kill them. It's going to make them gorgeous. He's not going to disappear in pictures. He's going to sparkle He's like gonna a diamond. He's going to shimmer like yes. a beautiful diamond. Yes. And then he shows all of his skills to her. Just <laughs> jumping really all the far. Jumping in the, all the jumping and the, the it landing. It reminded me a little bit the... of The Office. Like parkour, parkour. <laughs> when he just like jumps. And then once again, they do that little blurring effect where I'm like, I don't think that was that impressive of a jump. But like, when you do the blurring effect, it's like, oh, yeah. hey, he jumped a lot. So the, he also reveals to Bella that they don't hurt humans. They only uh, eat animals eat animals, but her scent is like a drug to him. And so this is where the famous quote comes in. And Stephanie Myers fought for this quote to stay in the movie verbatim from the book. When Edward says the lion fell in love with the lamb Mm. and then the subsequent quote, like after that, um, they love each other essentially is, um, in essence, what that scene is, is saying. And, um, yeah, they, they both have literally fallen in love with each other. Boom. Here we go. We got love, baby. At school, they're the it couple now, and Carlisle made all of them vampires. And we find out this, that this is how what happened to them. Carlisle made them all vampires, but they, they didn't have a choice because they were already dying. And That's so right. Carlisle doesn't go up to somebody and say, hey, do you want to be a vampire? It's when they no longer have a choice. Like Edward was 1918 Spanish influenza. He was going to die yeah, or he was become 17. a vampire. Yeah, exactly. And so um, Bella does ask a bunch of questions and Edward tells her that animal blood doesn't fully satisfy them, that only human blood can do that, but they choose to only eat animals. Um, and that certain, like, Specific family members have specific skills. So Edward can read minds and Alice can actually see visions of the future. They're not set in stone because if the person changes their minds, that can also shift the future vision. Subjective. Yes. Edward also tells Bella that he's going to bring her home to meet his family, but then has to leave because Jacob and his dad come to their house. So Bella, this is when Bella and Edward are at their house. I think she's cleaning her truck and he declares that he's going to bring her home to meet the rest of the family the Cullens. And um, this is when Billy and Jacob show up 
in their truck and he has to leave because, um, as we know, their families don't get along. We don't know why yet, but they don't get along. A lot of foreshadowing, though, for why. Yes. And so the big meeting of the family comes the next day, and we find out that Edward's um, adoptive sister, Rosalie, does not like her. Jasper looks as if he's in pain constantly. Uh, Carlisle and Esme are very nice. Alice is literally the sweetest. Esme or Esme? Esme. Fun fact, Robert Pattinson pronounces it two different ways yes, throughout he does. the, uh, the yes. movie. Yeah, the first time he says Esme, yeah. and then the second time in, in the rest scene, of the movie. he says Esme, yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. Uh, and it is Esme. Yeah. Just to say, <laughs> I guess. Uh, we find out that they've graduated like a hundred times and that the younger they start out in a new town, the longer they can stay. Okay. So I've just got, uh, I was going to have this in my honorable mentions. I guess I'm ticking, tipping my hat to who my honorable mention is, but I want to talk about this now because I find it remarkable. I get that he's older, but that Carlisle is the only person in this group of vampires who's like, I'm going to hold down this household. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a friggin' job as a physician. All the others are like, we're just going to go to school over and over again. And I get they look young. I was going to say, they're only 17. I get, But they've been alive for like 100 years. She says, how long have you been 17? And Ed, Edward's like, a while. You could get a job as something. You could do something to you, help out the you'd house. You have to bring too much... Um, attention to yourself. But I actually do have a quick fact on that, that you say that. Forbes estimated that Carlisle had a net worth of $34 billion solely <laughs> solely what? from compound interest accrued over hundreds of years. So none of them had to work. Who? Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> One, so there is an employee at Forbes who they're like, listen, doing all this hard-hitting journalism. Who cares about Team Jacob and Team Edward? How much is Carlisle worth? Oh, you're saying Team Edward, Team Jacob. I'm like, Forbes is like, yeah. do the, the you know list of all these different things. And, and also find out how much the guy from Twilight was making over his career. Exactly. That was their focus, which I think is hilarious. Like, imagine a fictional character. How much do you think he's worth? That's a lot of money. That's, That's a, so much money. He's a billionaire. I'm just saying they're like, oh, we're just going to go to school uh, uh, over and over again. Like, I don't know. Maybe you could get into Bitcoin. I don't know. Something, oh, guys. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> do some day trading. Oh, you know? my God. Imagine. <laughs> Got enough money, clearly. Yeah, yeah, they probably could do a little something, something, you know? Or they just want to fall in love, you know? That's why Edward was in high school, to fall in love with somebody who looked like 17. Well, they have fallen in love. I I guess I also find it funny that they're all like, ooh, how do you... How do you make pasta? Yeah. The one's like, she's not even Italian. Like, <laughs> I know. There was a point where they did eat. Yeah, I was, I was like, you guys, come on now. I do think it was sweet that they made food for them. But yeah, I was like, I'm sure that over the course of the hundreds of years, like some I guess you of you forget, I guess, I guess. So Edward and Bella do kiss for the first time here, but they have to stop because it's just too much for Edward. Also around this moment, this, this is like when they're in Edward's bedroom, right? This is where right. we find out he doesn't actually sleep because there's yes. no bed. Yeah. Yeah. And that he's been lurking in Bella's bedroom for months. So there are certain lines or pieces of dialogue in mm -hmm. movie history that have lived on for years and sometimes decades because of how much people have poked fun or imitated <laughs> these lines. Yeah. <laughs> and we have one of these moments right here. Do you know what I'm talking about? He grabs Bella. He jumps out onto the, onto the tree behind his bedroom and he says... You better hold on tight, spider monkey. You better hold on tight, spider monkey. <laughs> We're in a modern Western. <laughs> so, so I thought we could go through the most iconic pieces of movie history that people Ooh. have made fun of in terms okay. of like lines of dialogue and stuff. I love this. Starting with, <laughs> um, gosh, let me see if I can get one that you'll get. Oh, oh, this one from Star Wars. Okay. Do you know the scene? Oh, God. So just to set the scene, oh, I, I Padme, think I know what it is. Anakin Skywalker, they're connecting on a really romantic and emotional level. And she's talking about his home planet yeah. of Tatooine, which is really sandy. And he says, I don't like sand. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. 
I mean, <laughs> doesn't that just make oh. you make oh you God. feel something? <laughs> oh my God, that poor like that poor man for having to say that line. <laughs> like, oh, God. did you ever watch Fifty Shades of Grey? No. It also gives us a few of these amazing lines. This one in particular, it's uh, Christian Grey, Anastasia. They're they're chatting, and she's talking about how she's like, "Oh, so you you like to make love or something?" She says something along <laughs> those lines, and he says, Two things. First, I don't make love. I f- wow. Hard. <laughs> wow. You know. I think that was another book to movie that just didn't, you know. He was so like, yeah, intently staring at her, like I fuck hard. Yeah, Woo. yeah. I feel like that uh, the the essence of those lines didn't quite make it. <laughs> no, no. The, this one's kind oh, of a new classic God. where it it happened quite a while ago, but it's become more popular lately. Once I make my move, oh my God. The Queen will take me. Then you're free to check, check the, the king. king. No. Ron, no! No, Ron, no! Oh my god, it's all over TikTok. <laughs> it's all over Harry. This is... I have seen some of the funniest videos of this. Her morning. What is it? What is it? He's going to sacrifice no, you himself. Can't. No, you can't! There must be another way! <laughs> <laughs> this one's gotta be my favorite. Hands down. Oh my god, it's so good, right? Oh, I love it. Um, shout out to the Batman movie. There's so many. Like the... Um, I th- I want to say it was George Clooney's Batman. It's the one with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. Yep. The amount of freeze cold puns that Arnold oh makes through the movie are In this remarkable. Universe, there's only one absolute. Everything freezes. You're not sending me to the cool. What killed the dinosaurs? Like, what in the world is happening here? This is absurd, right? Sometimes they just go too far with the script, you know? (laughs) And then then finally, this one was really good when it happened. It was like the first X-Men movie, Storm, played Mm. by Halle Berry. Oh my God, I know exactly what scene you're going to play. Oh, do you know? Well, uh, what what scene? No, I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> okay. When she's up in the air making the storm. Yes, yes. Yes, okay. And the and the toad character is like his tongue is attached to something and it's all very intense. You know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. <laughs> it was meant to be like a really like the same thing that happens to everything else. I didn't but all, quite get Yeah, there. audiences were like, ah, okay. <laughs> all right, sure. Oh, God. Like that, it was supposed to sound evil, but it wasn't. So uh, like I would put the hold on tight spider monkey. Up there. Up there. It's so out of context. It's like, where, where did that even come from? There was no... Were there monkey puns throughout the movie? Not no, really. None. No, I'm not really sure. Or like Spider Monkey, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, there were none. I think it was because they like to fly through the trees kind of thing, <laughs> like jump through the trees. But like, yeah. it just wasn't quite there. And honestly, I can't remember if that quote or something similar was like it in the books. So maybe that's where maybe, they grabbed maybe it. Maybe they kept the, the same it one. Did, if, if that's the case, it did not quite make it the way that it was written. But let's be real. On that list that I showed you, there, there are some amazing, amazing franchises. Harry Potter, X-Men, Star Wars, yep. Fifty Shades. Hey, everybody makes mistakes. <laughs> that line, presumably, <laughs> yeah. unless it was in the book, it was a mistake. Oh my <laughs> God, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, so this next scene is my best scene. And it is when Bella and the fam jam go and play baseball. Oh, they so have good. to play baseball um, during a thunderstorm because they hit and they throw so intensely that when the ball hits the bat, it like cracks as if it's like thunder and lightning. The, the music in this scene is just spot on. Um, just everything about it. You get to see all of their skills in action. Like, it's just so fun. That's got to be a home run, right? Ed was very fast. So they're playing. They're all having a really good time. And then Alice 
yells stop and sees an immediate future vision where the three evil vampires, Laurent, Victoria, and James, come to the game. They st- the whole family stops playing and they get around Bella to protect her. The three vampires show up and they seem cordial. They were on their way out of town, but then they heard the other fellow vampires playing. So they, desti- they decided to stop in and say hello. When they get there, everything seems fine. Bella was hidden pretty well, except when a gust of wind comes, James smells the human blood and realizes that a human is there. It's now turned into a game for James. So... Carlisle basically says, yes, we have a human here. She's part of our family. You all need to leave. Laura and Victoria leave. James leaves reluctantly, though. It has now become a game for him. He is a century-long hunter for human blood. Question, how many um, baseball games do you think the Cullens have per year? Four. You are exactly correct. Well, apparently thunderstorms occur. In Washington State, I mean, depending on the area, it changes, but on four to eight days each year, they will experience like a thunderstorm. I knew it. It also reminds me of, so Sarah and I have um, Washington State borders, the Canadian province of British Columbia, for Mm -hmm. which Sarah and I have uh, vacationed previously. And if you go very, very far to the west, there's an island called Vancouver Island. Right. If you go even further west... There's like right on the like the furthest place west, basically, more or less. Um, we went to this place called Tofino and we're like, hey, what do you do in Tofino? And the locals were like, oh, <laughs> you know what's really fun is storm watching. Yes. Yes. Like when you look up blogs for Tofino, part of their like things to do is storm watching. So I'm, I'm asking the locals. I'm like, so how do I do it? Like what? what I'm, I'm you, you, you guys know me. I'm jazzed up about it. I'm like, I want to experience your thing. So how do I do? How do I partake in the storm watching? Yeah. I'm like, just go to the beach, man. Yeah. Sit down. Watch it. I'm like, what am I watching for? And they're like, just like. Just watch the weather. Just, you, you just watch. And I still, to this day, he that trip was like time. two years, almost two years yeah. ago. I still don't get it, guys. Yeah, he I, didn't. He didn't get it. I loved it. What, what, we didn't even do it. Was it was just really relaxing. And yeah, we watched it. You're, they're like, just listen to the waves, yeah. hit the rocks. I'm like, I think everybody's stoned out here. First of all, <laughs> you guys smoke way too much weed, man. <laughs> and also like, this is a stupid pastime. But anyway, oh God, I, I digress. I'm sure it's possible as well in Washington State to storm watch. And if you do partake in that, I just want you to know I don't yeah. get it. I don't understand. Right. He can appreciate it if he... Got it, but he doesn't. No, I don't. I okay. don't. <laughs> I quite enjoyed it. You know what? You did run into the Pacific Ocean, though, in the middle of March, which was hilarious to me. Because that is an action that I, like, okay, I'm going to, there's water, I'm going to run into <laughs> you, it. I'm going to take my clothes off. I'm going to get in the water. Storm watching is like, just freaking sit there and watch it. Like, and what f- am I watching for? And for all of you, the Pacific Ocean is cold on a good day <laughs> in the summer. Yeah. Um, in March, it's very cold. Do you regret it? No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> it was more fun than storm watching. I, I will plant my flag in that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we have Edward. He has taken Bella in his Jeep and gotten the heck out of there very quickly. Carlisle realizes that James is now hunting them, and so does Edward. And so Edward tells uh, Bella that they have to get out of town. They have to leave. They have to go somewhere. And Bella says, well, I can't leave my dad. We have to make sure that he's okay. So he go so Bella goes back home and breaks her dad's heart by saying basically she doesn't want to be there anymore. She's stuck here just like her mom was and leaves. And this way Charlie doesn't run after her, which is exactly what she wanted. The ruse works because James doesn't go near Bella's dad and continues on tracking her through however he does that. And so the rest of the Cullen family, um, they put on Bella's clothes and they run through the bushes trying to lead James away from the actual person of Bella. It works for a while and uh, James runs the course uh, towards Rosalie, who is wearing Bella's clothes, but then he realizes that it is in fact another vampire that he's chasing and turns around and changes course. Alice sees this, that it didn't work and that he's now after Bella as they are on their way to Phoenix, Arizona. Edward calls and tell Bella, tells Bella that he's coming to get her. Um, Alice draws a vision, and it's a ballet studio in Phoenix where Bella used to take ballet classes. While Bella is packing her things in a hotel room, she gets a call from her mom, who's yelling her name in a panic. That is now 
um, how James the Hunter is going to get her out of the hotel and to the ballet studio. He has captured her mom. After, of course, Charlie had called Bella's mom, Renee. And so Bella heads to the ballet studio. What a rookie. I know. Like, it was so obvious. She goes to the ballet studio alone and turns out that it's a recording of her mom. And her mom was actually never there and is never there. (laughs) That's my favorite part. You're a stubborn child, weren't you? Hmm? She's not even here. (laughs) Sorry. But you really made it too easy. So, to make things more entertaining, we're going to make a little film of our time together. James starts to film the whole thing for Edward to make sure that he hurts him. Um, Edward shows up in the nick of time, and then a battle ensues. In the chaos, Bella gets hit by James, but Edward bites James, and then the others show up. The rest of the Cullen family shows up. They start a fire to burn James uh, James's body. Bella is bleeding out and um, she's slowly changing into a vampire, a vampire, but Edward doesn't want her to change into a vampire. So the other option is for Edward to suck the venom out, but it also means that he's going to be sucking human blood. He does it, but he can't stop drinking her blood until Carlisle talks him through it and he has a montage of memories of her. Bella wakes up in the hospital and her mom is there. Bella doesn't really remember what happened, but supposedly at the hotel, she tripped and fell down the stairs. She tells her mom that she wants to live in Forks and tells her mom that to go get her dad so that she can apologize to him, which I thought was very sweet. Um, and I'm glad that they're they're on good terms again. Renee leaves uh, to go and get Charlie and Edward wakes up. Of course, we know that well, Edward, he wasn't actually sleeping. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. actually sleep. Uh, Bella asks about James. James. So she was just playing that up for her mom. She actually does remember what happened. Um Edward tells Bella that they took care of James and Victoria ran off though. Laurent is the third vampire, but he wanted nothing to do with them. So he had just kind of left on his own, but Victoria um, is still out there chasing after Bella or wants to kill Bella, wants her revenge. Edward tells Bella that she has to move to Jacksonville so he can't hurt her anymore, but she flips out. So he decides, okay, I won't make you move away from me. They're back in Forks now, and uh, Bella wears a boot for her broken leg um, or ankle, and she's on her way to prom. Um, Edward doesn't want her missing out on any of the, I guess, teenage um, celebrations of life. Once they get there, Edward goes to park the car, and while Bella is sitting on a bench, and I think this is what you alluded to earlier, Jacob comes out of the bush, out of nowhere, and says that his dad paid him 20 bucks to come and talk to him, um, to come and talk to her to tell her to break up with Edward. Of course, she doesn't want to. Edward, you know, says, I, I'll take it from here, Jacob. Thanks so much. Bye. Like, they clearly don't get along. More foreshadowing. He's like, I leave you for one minute and the wolves descend or something yes, that to that effect. Exactly. And you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, guys. They're yeah. werewolves over there. Yes. There's the werewolves Whoa. and the vampires. Yeah. And so the two of them, Edward and Bella, go into the dance and they they start to dance. And she asks Edward why he saved her life instead of just letting her become a vampire. And he wants her to live a life, but she wants to be with him forever. They kiss instead, and but she still wants to be a vampire. That's exactly what she wants to be so that she can be with him and live a thousand lifetimes with him. We then see who is at the prom and it's Victoria who clearly wants revenge. And then we... We just fade to credits as she walks away watching Edward and Bella dance and and he kisses her neck and it's, that's the end of Twilight. It is. And gentlemen, it comes to a sizzling halt. And now we're on to quick facts. The movie was shot in 48 days. Principal photography took 44 days and was completed on May 2nd, 2008. The film was primarily shot in Oregon and the script was finished in six weeks. And so as I mentioned, the movie was shot in 48 days. Principal photography took 44. I'm assuming it's somewhere in between the two when it was, you know, actually done. Twilight was theatrically released on November 21st, 2008. It grossed over $393 million worldwide. The original release date for this film was December 12th, 2008, when the release date for Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince 
uh, was moved from November 21st, 2008 to July 17th, 2009. Twilight's release date was moved forward to November 21st in an attempt to fill the Harry Potter gap. And, I mean, like we said, 390-something was the box office gross. That's impressive. Yeah. And it it also pales in comparison to the next, like, the next ones make even more money. Yeah, it's wild. Following the film's success, New Moon and Eclipse, the next two novels in the series were produced as films the following year. The film was almost scripted as an R-rated project, but was later changed to get a wider audience. The project was in development for approximately three years at Paramount Pictures, during which time a screen adaptation that differed significantly from the novel was written. The book was originally named Forks before it was published. The publisher insisted that Stephanie Meyer could find another name for it, and the word Twilight was chosen. I'm very glad. (laughs) A few weeks before filming began, Robert Pattinson didn't talk to anyone to try and feel as isolated as Edward Cullen. In the scene where Bella goes to the Cullens' house for the first time, when Nikki Reed's character had to break the bowl, she actually cut her hands. This is why she's wearing gloves for the scene in the film. As soon as Robert Pattinson was cast, he moved to Oregon and began working on his character, both physically and mentally. He worked out five hours a day with a trainer, learned learning to fight, play baseball, and do stunts. He also had to learn to drive and get an Oregon driver's license. Robert Pattinson actually plays the piano in the scene where Edward is playing the song Bella's Lullaby. Nikki Reed was the one who got the producers to add Robert Pattinson's songs to the film. Reed secretly started recording him from her laptop while he was singing and playing his guitar in filming breaks. She then took it to the director and producers where they fell in love with his songs. The next day they asked Rob if he could record a few of his songs for the soundtrack and he reluctantly accepted. This is the only film in the Twilight series to prominently use previously released music in the film and on its soundtrack. Every subsequent film only used original songs written specifically for the film or occasionally re-recorded versions of previously released songs exclusively to the film. Robert Pattinson stated in an interview that this is his first American role and he had no formal training to perfect his American accent. Didn't do too bad, all considered. Before casting, Robert Pattinson had never heard of the Twilight novel. He only attended casting because his American agent persuaded him and he liked Kristen Kristen Stewart's performance in Into the Wild from 2007. Peter Fascinelli was the second choice to play Carlisle Cullen. When he found out that he lost out on the final round of auditions, he wrote a note to Catherine Hardwick saying, I hope to work with you sometime. At the last minute before shooting, the original actor withdrew due to scheduling or shooting conflicts. Hardwick then offered the role to Fascinelli, who immediately looked, uh, took it up. He had to bleach his hair blonde before starting work. Isabella, Bella, was the name that the writer of Twilight, Stephanie Meyer, saved for her daughter. Stephanie never had a daughter. Her three kids are all boys. It took 36 hours to turn Nikki Reed's naturally brunette hair to blonde. Kristen Stewart has naturally green eyes. She wears brown contacts for filming to match Bella's eye color. She also wore hair pieces so they didn't have to waste time doing her hair and therefore had more time to shoot. Kellen Lutz intended on keeping his naturally curly hair for his role of Emmett Cullen. However, his previous role in Generation Kill required a buzz cut and his hair didn't grow fast enough for the filming of this movie. Stephanie Meyer wrote a parallel novel to Twilight called Midnight Sun. It tells the story of the first book from Edward's point of view. In it, he comments that the arrival of Bella to the school has all of the boys acting like they're in first grade and she's the shiny new toy. This thought is spoken aloud by Jessica during Bella's first lunch in the cafeteria. When the evil vampires make their first appearance, actors Cam, Rochelle, and Edie are all wearing little slippers painted like bare feet. At the cafeteria salad bar, Bella drops an apple, which Edward picks up and then cradles in his hands, copying the cover image of the Twilight novel. On one of the DVD's special features, Catherine Hardwick said that took them 13 takes to get it right. When Edward enters the cafeteria, Robert Pattinson's sister, Lizzie Pattinson, can be heard singing vocals on the soundtrack. For the role of Edward Cullen, Robert Pattinson flew from England to director Catherine's house to audition. There, he and Kristen Stewart, who was already cast as Bella Swan, rehearsed the love scene meadow scene on Catherine Hardwick's own bed. 
When Bella and Edward are lying in the meadow, the sun coming through the trees makes a heart between them. All of the Cullens can be seen wearing jewelry with the same symbol on it. Edward, Jasper, and Emmett all had the same wristband, and Alice and Rosalie had similar necklaces with the symbol on it. Esme had a bracelet, and Carlisle had a ring. The symbol is the Cullen family crest. Paramore's lead singer, Haley Williams, was a huge fan of the books, and she wrote a song just for the film. Over 5,000 actors auditioned for the role of Edward. In addition to Robert Pattinson and Jackson Rathbone, among the four finalists for the role of Edward, the two others, according to Catherine, the director, were Ben Barnes and Shiloh Fernandez. Rathbone was eventually offered the role of Jasper instead. Josh Peck auditioned for the uh, the role of Edward Cullen and was shocked when his manager told him he made it to the final four candidates. So all in all, I'm not really sure who made it into the four, top four. Stephanie Meyer's first choice to play Bella was Emily Browning, while her first choice to play Edward was Henry, um, Henry Cavill. Browning had, uh, was given the opportunity to audition for Bella, but turned it down. Kristen Stewart initially turned down the chance to audition for Bella Swan, but later changed her mind. Lily Collins was considered for the role of Bella Swan, as was Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Sarah Paxton, and Michelle Trachtenberg. I'm going to say Emily Browning. I could definitely see it. Lily Collins, too, a little bit, too. Yeah, that one That one feels like it could. she could have done it. Yes, yeah. I'm not sure if I got all their last names right, so hopefully I did. Uh, Colton Hayes uh, auditioned for the role of Edward Cullen, and um, Michelle um, Trachtenberg... I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Probably not. Was initially in talks to play Alice Cullen, but due to scheduling conflicts, the role went uh, to, of course, Ashley Green. Michael Sarah and Mae Whitman were considered for the roles of Mike Newton and Jessica Stanley, respectively. They previously played a couple in Arrested Development. In a May 30th, 2013 Howard Stern radio interview, Courtney Love revealed that her daughter, 13 at the time, Frances Bean Cobain, was considered for the role of Bella. Brie Larson auditioned for the role of Bella Swan. Actress Jamie Lynn Spears revealed she auditioned for a role. Wentworth Miller, um, Arath De La Torre were also considered for the role of Jacob Black. Bryce Dallas Howard was offered the role of Victoria, but turned it down as she found the role too small. She later took the role when Summit Entertainment fired Rochelle Lefebvre from the Twilight Saga Eclipse in 2010. Henry Cavill was Stephanie Meyer's first choice to play Edward. However, by the time production was to begin, he was 25 years old and no longer looked the part of a 17-year-old. He was then offered the part of Carlisle Cullen, but turned it down to, due to his commitment with the Tudors from 2007. Cavill and Robert Pattinson would later both appear in superhero films based on DC Comics. Of course, Henry Cavill as Superman and uh, Robert Pattinson as Batman. The first scenes filmed for the movie were the ballet room showdown and the baseball scene as the uh, actor who played James had to leave the set to shoot another movie. Stephanie Meyer fought for one line in particular, one of the most well-known from the book about the lion and the lamb to be kept verbatim in the film. Nikki Reed and Jackson Rathbone learned how to play baseball left-handed for the famous baseball scene. The apple on the cover of the book is not only a symbol for the forbidden. In Scandinavian mythology, the apple is a symbol for eternal youth and beauty. However, on her official website, Stephanie Meyer states that she used the apple on the book of, on the book cover because of the past literary connections, like in Snow White and the golden apple Paris gives to Aphrodite in Greek mythology, and because to her apple represents choice. Kristen Stewart bought a truck off the set of Twilight that is featured briefly in the film. She also turned 18 while filming the movie and was rewarded with a birthday cake and a full night of shooting. The Letterman's jacket worn by Michael Welsh as Mike Newton is a real Forks High School Letterman's jacket. Forks High School lent several items to the production. When Edward and Bella are standing in the doorway of the Cullen's kitchen, there is a chess set on the dining room table behind them with red and white pieces, like the cover of Breaking Dawn, the final novel in Stephanie Meyer's Twilight Saga. The red contacts worn by Laurent, Victoria, and James were hand-painted by the director, Catherine Hardwick. The character of Waylon Forge does not appear in the novel. He was created for the film. Kristen Stewart's stunt double, Katie Powers, also plays a waitress at the diner. While doing location scouting work in La Push, 
Catherine Hardwick and the crew saw people surfing and suggested to screenwriter Melissa Rosenberg to add beach surfing scene. Rosenberg agreed and added it to uh, added, but the scene had to be scrapped because of budget constraints. Even though there is a song by Radiohead in the movie, it never made it to the official soundtrack album. The end credits song. I noticed it right away. Yeah, you did. Taylor Lautner had to wear a wig for his role as Jacob Black. Kristen Stewart, Robert Pattinson, and Taylor Lautner became really good friends from filming these movies. MTV Films and Maverick Films were the original owners of the rights to produce the film. Paramount was set as the distributor. Eventually, MTV Films wasn't able to get a script they felt was good enough for the film, and Summit Entertainment ended up getting the rights and actually producing and distributing the film. Summit Entertainment acquired the rights to the novel after three years of the production's stagnant, uh, stagnant development. This is the only film in the Twilight franchise not to be nominated for a Razzie Award. Melissa Rosenberg wrote the screenplay for this film and had and had been hired to write uh, for its four sequels. Kristen Stewart smiles over 35 times during the course of this movie. The dress Bella wears in the prom scene was only $20. The suit Edward wore was the most expensive item of clothing from the entire shoot. The bite that Edward takes out of James, the evil vampire's neck, was made of ham and cheese. <laughs> In the film, James bites Bella's right arm. In the book, he instead bites the back of her right hand, which later leaves a crescent scar that's cold to the touch. While entering the building at the prom, Victoria can be seen at a slot machine to the right of Bella, her hair in a bun, fur, and dress. When we see Victoria a second time, she is wearing a Kiss Me, I'm Irish shirt, which was worn by the character Waylon before he was killed. After Jacob talks to Bella outside of prom, Edward says, I leave you alone for two minutes and the wolves descend. Foreshadowing for the next movie, the Twilight Saga, New Moon, that comes out in 2009, where Jacob shows that he uh, is a werewolf. In the script, the climactic Bella's limbo scene was intended to be an underwater sequence, but budget constraints will not allow the scene to be filmed or would not allow the scene to be filmed. As the alternative, outtakes from other scenes of Bella and Edward together were used, albeit digitally modified, and this is the montage of the memories. In the hospital scene at the end with Edward and Bella, there is a drawing of the ballet studio. The author of the original books, Stephanie Meyer, can be seen next to a laptop ordering a vegetarian sandwich in the diner at the beginning of the scene where, Car uh, where Charlie asks Bella if she likes the boys in town. And now, honorable mentions. Kind of mentioned mine already. You know it. The only guy doing any work in this friggin' household. <laughs> oh, my God. Carlisle Cullen. Oh, I know I know. you gave your whole, like, oh, he's so rich, the kids don't need to work. Still, though, boy, Carlisle <laughs> is the only guy doing work in this town. He's the only person integrating into the town. He's the town physician. He even, uh, in a professional capacity, is friends with Charlie. You know, he investigates the murders and stuff. Oh my god I he's love the this. only this one is who so is funny. socially adjusted yeah to I think, the town yeah i mean the kids could try a little more to be integrated i could see that you know but i mean they're 100 years old yeah so they should have figured it out by now like yeah. dude, you've had 100 years to figure this out carlisle's doing great carlisle is thriving baby <laughs> he's a physician oh dude my god. everybody else are like oh we'll just go back to school and not talk to people okay <laughs> anyway, that that's a rant. I'm being ridiculous, but still, honorable mention, Carlisle. Even his wife, Esme, what does she do? Uh, well, she doesn't have to do anything. She can just hang out at home, <laughs> rake in the $34 billion that he's God. worth. <laughs> I love it. She can pretend um, how to perfect pasta. Do uh, open up, friggin' have an Etsy account or something. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like she could open an apothecary shop and that oh. could be really cool. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. My honorable mention is the, you're going to probably laugh, but I love the aspects, like the storytelling that we get throughout the, the film. Like I liked to, the to narration know, from Bella. No, not the narration, but the pieces of like the vampires don't sleep. Why, they, why they integrate themselves. The younger they are, the longer they can stay. The foreshadowing of the, um, of the wolves, why they don't eat humans and they eat animals instead, and like the history of them. I love that. Oh, the history of the vampires. Yes, Sarah I love is a it. big history buff with I love it. make believe yes. uh people yeah. who eat humans Correct. and well, suck their blood. 
or animals. Okay, yeah, sure. But yes, like case. I just yeah. loved that. The, Give me the lore. I loved Sarah learning. I loved learning the lore throughout uh, the movie uh, of her, of him telling her. You know, you you should read Lord of the Rings. It is like eighty percent lore. Too it's much like you know what happened two thousand years ago. We'll tell you through thirty pages of description. Descript like. Through, there's an entire book, The Silmarillion, that's entirely just backstory. Yeah. It's just lore. The whole thing is like, and here's what else happens 2,000 well, years I l- ago. Well, I like a good mix of it, you know? Okay, sure. Um, what should have been? Because I forgot that Jacob's really not in this movie, I kind of wanted him to be in the movie more. And this may go against what the book says. So I feel like the next movie, he's in it a lot more, but I forgot that piece, and I was, like, expecting to see Taylor Lautner a lot more, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. The Taylor versus Edward thing was pretty big. Or the, yeah. the Jacob versus Edward, yeah. I should and say. and I feel like, did that happen, I guess, in the second book? It it had to have, it right? Had to have. Yeah, it must have. Um, I Like, it's so tough with this one for a, what should have been, because, like, let's be real. Like, I, I've poked fun at a few scenes as we've gone, but, like... This thing grossed almost $400 million on a $37 million budget. Yeah. That's unbelievable. And that's one of the lowest performing movies in the franchise. Once it really caught fire, this thing was humming, baby. Think like over $3 billion the entire franchise has made. I Yes. Yes, you are correct. I think it's like $3.4 billion. What? Yeah. And that's not even how many novels you sold, Stephanie. So like as much as I could say you, you change this, change that, like let's be real. Yes. Let's level with each other. I am not the prime demographic of this movie. They're not like, we want the Devons in the movie. <laughs> you don't want the Devons in the movie no, theater no, no. for this one. You want you the Sarahs. You want the Sarahs. Yes. So, you want the people who devoured those books. Yeah, to that end, like, what what should have been? Like, I think it's probably exactly how it was supposed to be. Yeah, I, I will say I do think that they spent a lot of time, as much as I say that that was my honorable mention, the the history, the lore, the, the finding out he's a vampire and whatnot, I do think that took up the majority of the movie where... I found the last 20 minutes was the bad guys. It, they could yeah. have maybe integrated slightly more throughout the movie instead of the three vampires come and chaos erupts and it's solved very quickly. It was a lot of setup. Like I, I actually paused it during the baseball game and I'm like, oh, there's only 35 minutes left. But it, yeah. it was long to that point. Like it's over a two hour movie. Overall rewatchability. Got a chemistry of a 4.1. Lots of ke- lots of uncomfortable chemistry at times, <laughs> but I thought the chemistry was good. I think we're going to find, as much as I poked fun at this, I actually did enjoy watching it. Storyline of 4.25, thirst factor. It's got to be high, guys, because everybody flusted over Robert Pattinson, right? A 4.6 for thirst factor. None of that is Kristen Stewart. I apologize, Kristen. <laughs> it's because the actual, like, the, the sex icon that was Robert Pattinson was born out of this movie. Yes. 4.2 for imagination. Soundtrack, a 4.15, almost entirely because of the uncredited Radiohead. I actually Mm -hmm. had that album when I was in college. Great album. Cheese, however, is where you're going to lose me. Right. I'm dropping you down a 2.6 out of 5 for cheese. Because, yes, this film had cheese, and it was not the good kind. It was, like, unbelievable uh, cheese at times for this. And, you know, what? it's funny. A lot of weird scores there. It comes out to an overall of... Just an even four out of five. Oh. Yeah. All right. My chem- um, my rewatchability is as follows. I'm about to say my chemical romance. No, my chemistry. Okay, okay yes. Okay, my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 4.2. Mm. Storyline, 4.7. The books. Thirst Factor, 4.8, because you're right. Edward Cullen. Imagination, 3.6. Soundtrack, 3. The originals are nice. Cheese, 2. Yeah. For an overall score of 3.72 out of 5. Fair enough. Fair enough. Twilights, thank you so much for uh, listening. And if you want to comment on anything, you want to be a part of the RCR fam, Instagram, at Rom-Com Rewind. Thanks for listening.